Welcome back to the Black and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kodatonda Raivonza Baya. I ain't going to repeat that. Here is a podcast that's going to dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, guys, this month, November, is Movember. And if you know about Movember, then you already know what I'm going to say. But Movember is a month where we focus on men's mental health. And here at Black and Raw and on Tino Talk, we are going to be discussing all things mental health. All the conversations this month are going to be centered around mental health. And if you follow me um, on TikTok or Instagram at Tino Talk 25, then all of my content there is going to be about mental health health this month and so with this conversation that you're going to be listening to now i am privileged to be joined by the incredible sita mckee a true champion for mental wellness sita's story is one that will touch your heart guys and it's going to ignite your own journey towards better mental health Sita shares her powerful experience with burnout, a struggle that many of us can relate to. She was passionately dedicated to her work, but forgot to take care of herself in the process. The results, the classic symptoms of burnout, sleepless nights, anxiety, and the bleak outlook on life. Now guys, this is where the story gets truly inspiring. Sita didn't just recognize the signs of burnout, she decided to take bold action and she is here to guide us through her journey from burnout to boldness. We dive deep into the symptoms of burnout and the strategies to overcome it. Sita emphasizes the importance of self-awareness and recognizing the signs and the bravery that it takes to address them head on. She also shares viable insights into sleep hygiene techniques, self-care habitats that can significantly improve our mental health. But guys, the conversation just keeps going. We don't just stop there. Sita and I just discuss the pressing need to go beyond merely talking about mental health and actively supporting our friends who are struggling. This is a heartfelt conversation about kindness, empathy, and the importance of being there for one another. We explore the power of coaching and how it can transform people from a place of unwellness to wellness. And Sita reminds us the importance of boundaries and self-care in this process. The discussion takes a turn towards a workplace where we discuss the significance of feeling valued in caring professions. Sita and I emphasize the need for organizations to genuinely prioritize and support their employees for a healthier work environment. And we don't stop there. We touch on the positive impact of retreats focused on motivation, physical activities, and reconnecting with the enjoyable activities of our childhoods. In the latter part of the conversation, we talk about personal growth and well-being. Sita and I highlight the significance of meaningful interaction, mindfulness, and staying physically active. Our talk with Sita is engaging journey into the world of mental health and wellness. Sita's emphasis on social connections and finding someone trustworthy to talk to during tough times will resonate with you guys. 
I also wanted to share one more thing with you guys. We have a Movember challenge that I have put out on my social media. And the Movember challenge is I want you to do something daily that helps with your mental health for the whole month of November. So whether that's going to the gym, whether that's playing a sport, whether that's hanging out with your friends or whether that's taking a nice relaxing bath, I want you to do it. And I'm also going to be posting one thing a day that helps with your mental health for the whole of November. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation that you're going to be listening to with Sita McKee. If you want to find out more about her and her company and her coaching, then you can go into the show notes and find that out. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys enjoy your day. I hope you enjoy the episode. Please let me know what you thought about the episode, whether that's on on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or you know on iTunes you can leave a review let me know what you thought of this episode guys thank you very much for listening and here is my conversation with Sita McKee so Sita welcome to the Black and Raw podcast it's really good to have you on yeah thank you for having me Tino really good to be here yeah no it's okay it's okay um and so I saw your when you you sort of contacted me. I really liked sort of the stuff that you were doing. Um, and I think it was quite appropriate in terms of like work culture and mental health and how you keep um good mental health. So definitely um good to have you on. So yeah. Yeah. Any platform that I can sort of promote the awareness of keeping mentally well is really important to me. So I'm reaching out to as many people as possible so I can put the word out there. I know we're talking about it, which is great, but we couldn't talk about it enough. So every little avenue or big avenue or whatever platform we can have to keep promoting and keep encouraging people to be mentally well is really, really important. So yeah, thank you for, you know, giving us this platform to be able to make our voices heard as well yeah yeah definitely um so I guess for you um what sort of led to your journey into mental health and focusing on burnout specifically so to cut a long story short I've always been very passionate about mental wellness Okay. If you know, I'm trying to steer away from mental health because Mm. I'm also quite um, aware that there's a lot of stigma sometimes when you talk about mental health because people want to start looking at the problems or what you experience and that's so negative rather than looking at the positive side of it as it's a, a good thing for us to be encouraging mental wellness. So Um, From a very young age, I have, I would say I have always been interested and fascinated about why people do what they do. So Mm -hmm. again, that is to do with the mind, you know, so why do we choose A over B, you know? So growing up, and I also knew that I like to help people. So I went into the caring profession, which nursing is one of, isn't it? So in nursing, I mean, I chose mental health nursing specifically to be able to help people because of my interest in how the mind works. And I've done further studies for that as well in in my master's degree. But how did I get to wanting to choose burnout as my niche area to actually help people? It's because I also experienced burnout. Mm. So I would be really... um, taken aback if anyone tells me that they haven't really experienced burnout. Perhaps some haven't or they have coping strategies, which is great. But then I think at the time I was experiencing it, 
even though I was aware of coping strategies, sometimes you're not aware of it's creeping up on you because we get so much into our daily life activities and forget to take time away or step back and reflect and see why things may be going a certain way. So at the time when I experienced my burnout, I was in a very high pressure job. Um, It was a job I enjoyed doing, but the pressure was just so much that I kept on pushing myself to want to deliver more. Mm -hmm. And I think as I was doing that, I lost myself a bit or I put myself in the, in the line of it, if that makes sense. So then it meant that I wasn't really listening to my own advice or how I support people by looking after myself. So I was putting people before myself, which is in the caring. And I think a lot of us are guilty of doing that, you know, in in the caring profession that uh, our clients are more important to us and therefore we lose ourselves sometimes by doing that. And um, it wasn't until a family member pointed out to me to say, you're not happy or something that's not right with yeah. me. What did and they? Then I started... What did they see in you? Do you reckon? Like, what so they it? saw that I was I was not my usual bubbly self, mm-hmm. and I knew that I was experiencing a lot of um, um, heart palpitation, anxiety in that sense. So I get up in the morning, or my alarm goes off, and I just jump out, and I can't sleep, and I'm just worried. I'm interested in what I need to go and do at work, but I'm also quite anxious about how I'm going to be doing that, mm-hmm. you know? So when it was pointed out to me, I was like, so people have actually seen this as well, but I've been experiencing it and keeping quiet about it. So I knew something had to change, you know, I wanted to find a way to cope myself, which, which is the skills I would teach my clients, but then I wasn't applying it. And it became more real because I'm actually walking this journey, you know, as what my clients have been experiencing. And it became much more personal to me that I now really know how it feels like. And therefore, I have to really dedicate more to helping people, yeah. you know. It's it's kind of mad that, you know, like the advice you sort of give to other people, it's like we don't always follow that same advice. No, so like you're no. telling everybody how to prevent burnout, like make sure you're keeping your mental fitness well. But then even for you, you were struggling with burnout and it was like, oh, I probably need to also listen to myself and listen to my body as yeah. well. Um, you mentioned some of the symptoms that you were experiencing because of burnout. Like, how can people start to recognize those signs? Like, someone told you, but like, were you recognizing the signs yourself and sort of just being like, I need to push on, I need to keep working? Yeah. Um, I recognize the signs, all right. But as I said, you don't want to admit it. Mm. Or I didn't want to admit it at the time because I thought, well, I'm this person that people are looking um towards or looking up to so family is looking up to me um also my work colleagues because I was in a a management role Mm -hmm. so my my staff are looking up to me to get the team going and so you you feel like you can't stop to have that me time to look after myself like I, I didn't feel like I could stop you know so the signs I recognized was I wasn't sleeping well um usually I would get enough sleep, say about seven hours or eight hours, but then it got to a point that I was um, 
moving on like three hours sleep a night. Wow. That wasn't healthy at all, no. you know. So that really initially you're like, oh, it's just maybe I just had a bad night. But mm. when it becomes frequent, then you need to start looking at it and, and asking yourself, why are you not sleeping? You know, so I started questioning that. Why am I not sleeping? I go to bed. I'm so anxious. So I can't even fall asleep. And the other signs that other people might experience would be sort of like self-neglecting. I didn't get to that stage, but you mm-hmm. can or anyone can get to that stage as well if you're not addressing the problems or if you don't recognize the symptoms um, well or in time, and then it can get you to an extreme end as well. Um, so another sign would be extremely tired. I was extremely tired, but again, I felt like I couldn't stop to address mm. it because a lot was required of me. Yeah. You know. Um, some other signs would be like um I've mentioned anxiety. There's also like negative outlook on life, you know. So even the simplest task that one can easily problem solve, it becomes really tedious for them to find a positive solution to to solve that problem so you you begin seeing everything as negative and having that i can't do attitude rather than the can't do attitude you know so yeah it can lead to a lot of and the extreme extreme end of burnout could be somebody not even wanting to get out of bed and so extreme like feeling really depressed yeah and it can even get to a point where someone can take their own lives, like suicide can come into it, you know. And in some of my clients, I have seen bits where some one of my clients was really burnt out that um, they just walked out of the house one day and didn't know where they were going. They didn't have shoes on, so like psychosis almost yeah, set so in as def- well. Yeah, quite an yeah. extreme point, yeah. ex- extreme yeah. way of burnout, isn't it? Um, yeah. I guess for you, by, by the sounds of it, it sounded like, you were putting a lot of pressure on yourself as well. That it was like, I have to do this. I I have to, like, as you're saying, you're a manager. So you've always got to be responsible for your team as yeah. well. And so there was a lot of like pressure put on yourself. I guess how do you how can you stop putting pressure on yourself a bit too much? Like so this is where my boldness comes in. Mm. Okay. So we've talked about the symptoms of burnout and um, for your value, I talk about moving people from burnout to boldness. Mm-hmm. So for me, the solutions are what I call boldness. So being in control. How how do you get to be in control? It's identifying what the symptoms that you're experiencing are, taking a step back to reflect on them and see that this is not normal for you because you are different from what is actually happening to you. And so why are you there? So until you really know yourself, you can't move from burnout to boldness. Mm-hmm. So I encourage my my clients whenever we are, I'm having um sessions with them. I'm like, you need to spend the first few weeks of the the piece of work we are doing together to really know yourself. And me as the boldness coach, I want to get to know my clients as well. So until you know the person really well or the person knows themselves well, how can you then identify that this is not normal for you? Yeah. And you need to be bold to be able to call it out and to to point it out, this is not normal for me. You know, so that's where the boldness comes in. So moving people from burnout to and having that confidence, also being in control and also sleeping better. So we do some 
um, I like to call them psychoeducation. People might not want to say that, but educating my clients to learn some techniques to to sleep well. Mm-hmm. So changing a few habits that probably do not promote good sleep so that they can learn those skills and then sleep better. Because What, what are some of those habits, if you don't mind me asking? So in, in my case, if I can use myself as an example, mm-hmm. because I only... I believe that the person who has experienced it has the right to talk about it. So I can talk about my client's experience, but I want them to be the ones telling their own story, if that makes sense. Yeah. So because I've experienced it, I feel like I have the right to tell my own story, how, what sort of sleep hygiene techniques I used. So as I said, I wasn't sleeping well. So I started changing habits like if I'm not trying to get myself physically tired so mentally I'm drained coming mm-hmm. back from work but physically I probably haven't done enough because I've just been using the mental strength you know yeah. so then going for walks not closer to bedtime though but um say I finish work at five I would go for my walk say half five you know and then I get to bed for 10 p.m so yeah. there's been enough time between um exercising and then falling asleep and then have if you're a bath person or a shower person having that but in in a way that um calms the nerves so if people like scented oil um oils and stuff you can use that in your bath to just calm the senses as well um again listening to uh, calming music i particularly like the sound of rain okay so if it was raining now, I would just be like, get into my duvet, you know, and have that me time, you know. Yeah, you are fortunate so, with the storm the other day. <laughs> yeah, so if it's not raining and I can't sleep, then we've got those sort of apps on, on our phones nowadays, you know, mm. can listen to a rain sound on, on YouTube. Um, and then I just fall asleep off, like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's finding what works for you. That's why I said that it's really important for the client or the person to really understand who they are and mm-hmm. what works for them. Then it's easy to implement those things into your life. Yeah. 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 I wanted when you were talking about sort of moving from burnout to boldness, one, I really like that. It's very catchy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also it's very easy to sort of visualize, okay, we're going from here. We're go- well, this is where you are now and this is where we want to get you. Yeah. To um so i guess for you are we are we approaching mental health mental fitness correctly sort of as a society or how it's sort of phrased on social media and between people and in the workplace like what would be your opinion on that so my opinion it's a really broad topic isn't it Mm. and i don't want to be um saying it in a way that because we are all different people yeah we're all humans but different people so it would be really unfair for me to say that what someone else is preaching is not right because that person might have an audience that it works for, you know? So for me, the priority is always knowing who that person is that you are preaching to or educating um, the skills to, for them to learn. So in terms of what's happening in, um, in our world today, I feel like, it's great in the sense that we are talking about it. There is awareness. There could be more, yeah. you know, but at the moment we are talking about it. So we are trying to do something about it. But I'm also of the view that are we just talking? 
Are we actually actioning what we are saying? You know, so it's it's all good that we are talking, but we need to act on it as well. Mm. You know, so that's the point I have now. I hear a lot of conversations. There's the mental um, health awareness week and all that. But should we just have one week dedicated to mental awareness? Probably well, not. I think we should be talking about it every day. Yeah. And not just talking, but acting. So if you are preaching it or telling or educating your friends and colleagues about it, in your actions, what are you doing? So a simple thing might be, uh, if I use you as an example, Tino, so you're my friend where I, you, I've had stories or you've been telling me about things you are probably struggling with. And I'm listening to you and I say, oh, yeah, it's a big thing now, mental health. Oh, maybe go and um, go to your doctor if you feel like. So I've just told you. But what else can I do to show you that it is OK that um, you're talking about it and also to encourage you to do more and um, to keep well? OK, so a simple act to be showing you some kindness. So not just telling you go and see your doctor. By showing you some act of kindness for you to know that I genuinely care so that if it's really um, if you're really experiencing some difficult stuff that you don't feel able to share that mm. encourages you to share with me because you know I'm a trusted friend right so it's in the actions not just the talking does that even make sense at all what I'm trying yeah, to yeah no to definitely does yeah you're you're sort of saying that okay because, yeah, I think it is great that we're having these conversations about mental health. I have noticed a lot more conversations have been happening. But, yeah, how are we putting those conversations into practice? Like, even on sort of a political and society level, like, we talk about um, mental health, but we don't sort of, like, there's there's you know cams in terms of for children there's loads of there's a huge waiting list you know what I mean like we've got all this rhetoric but we're not necessarily putting in the actions behind it um so I yeah I do understand what you mean um so yeah so I definitely do think yeah we need some action behind a lot of the talk um which is yeah essential so hopefully I mean you could get me talking about politics loads but even just as friends <laughs> And as people, how are we supporting our friends to ensure that when they are coming to us about mental health, how are we helping them with that? So, yeah, I do agree with you on that. And sometimes the action could just be you listening, mm. actively listening, you know. So if a friend was talking, not just butting in, sometimes just being given that space that the friend feels that it's safe for me to talk and no one telling me because a lot of times when we're experiencing something there are times that we might want someone to give us a direction of where to go and there are times you just want someone to hear you yeah someone to just listen and you you feeling safe that they've got your back you know yeah yeah and they hear you out yeah definitely yeah um I remember when I was working in um I work in sort of supported accommodation um mm -hmm. so I remember I was talking to a boy and he was just like he was sort of expressing what is going on for him in terms of with his mental health and I was just standing there and I was just I was just listening to him partially because I was like I don't really know what to say 
<laughs> I was just like, okay, I don't know what to say. So let me just pay attention to what he's mm-hmm. saying. Like, let me just hear what he's saying. Um, and I think he just needed to be able to vent just to say what's on his chest. Like, and sometimes that's what people need. Even mm-hmm. like as men, we love to come up with solutions. And we like, if we're listening to someone and they're saying, telling us about their day or telling us about an issue, we're like, oh, you could do this, you could do that, you could do that. Yeah. But sometimes that's not what people want from you. Yeah, people just yeah. want you to just hear just listen and hear you out yeah yeah and I think the other thing is because we we are all talking about it now in in the world if I can put most most parts of the world anyway Mm. because we are talking about it now we all feel like maybe we are supposed to be doing more so sometimes it's not helpful to come in with an action when it's not really needed so again, if you know the person, then you know what sort of action to bring in. So it's good to talk. It's good to add some action to it, but you need to know who that person is and what sort of action is um, relevant at the time as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess for you, like, how have you found coaching people with their mental health and um, having a company that is all focusing on helping burnout and helping organizations improving you know the mental fitness of their workplace yeah humbling Mm. um because when someone is experiencing mental difficulties it's their most vulnerable um place at that time and for a person to even trust you to go with them on that journey for me it's really humbling and um the fact that I'm even able to make a change or support them in making a change in their lives to move them from that place of unwellness to a place of wellness. Um, I don't know what word to use for it. It's very rewarding and also empowering in the sense that you know more can be done because sometimes we get so into that space, headspace where we are struggling that something that might be quite simple that we could implement because Mm -hmm. we are there we can't see it as I said to you in my own case I knew things were not right but I needed someone to just point it out to me at that time and then when I realized that this is what people are also seeing on the outside I did it was like a wake-up call you've got to do something about it so then tap into my strength and the skills that I have to move myself from that place to the place where I was much more in control to to take on you know challenges a bit more yeah yeah no I I like that and yeah as you're saying it's quite rewarding and quite humbling so being able to take people from such a vulnerable space to yeah I guess seeing them being able to thrive and and at least if you you're giving them the tools to be able to deal with when other hardships come because it's not necessarily that oh going to be getting rid of all hardships but it's like listen once you do once you recover from your mental health or whatever's going for you in this situation right now if it comes back up again at least now you're in a much better space yes and you have you have more information and you have more tactics and also you've got the evidence for yourself that it's like okay I've been here before and I came yeah. out of it and I knew what to do so like being able yeah. to see that in people yeah I can yeah. imagine is quite rewarding yeah um, one one example of myself that I would say is when I'm working and I feel that I'm becoming extremely tired, you know, and because I know what my symptoms are, mm. 
mm-hmm. I would start being much more boundaried in how I, I do my work. So if perhaps I've been given in more hours at work to try and achieve more and help more, then I'm able to be more boundaried and say, okay, when it's 5 p.m., I'm going to stop work now yeah. and have that me time because that's also very important because when I'm broken, no one is going to do that job. <laughs> True. <laughs> Or, or if I'm working for an employer, they could always recruit someone else. But mm. then my family loses me, you see. Yeah. So it's about finding that balance and also identifying that, okay, the symptoms are creeping in now. So what are the um, tools I've got in place to try and check it and bring myself back to normality? So my in my case, it's always trying to make sure that my boundaries are in place. If I've let my guard down, then I've got to raise it to make sure that I'm keeping myself well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's an important part, what you're saying in terms of boundaries. Yeah. Um, and I think I, will, I was going to ask you in terms of how people improve their mental uh, fitness, but I think that would be, that's probably something which is a part of it, but even just for you saying, yeah, I know that. Okay. Once it's five, I need to clock out. And yeah, the fact that, listen, at the end of the day, yes, your employer can get somebody new, but like your family can't get a new you. So yeah. I think phrasing it in that way is like yeah I need to make sure that I'm okay for my friends my family and just for myself and I think one thing which I've always seen or heard is like oh you can't pour from an empty cup no you can't (laughs) you've got to like especially in such a caring profession like if you are in caring professions like you're giving and pouring into people all the time and it's quite it can be quite emotionally draining so you need to be able to fill your cup up so then you can help others because yeah yes can't pour from an empty cup can you yes yes yeah you're so right in saying that i couldn't add more to that (laughs) you're so right you've got to make sure that your cup is not empty Mm, yeah definitely um so you're valued um i like it I really like it. I, I, when I was looking at your website and everything as well, I was like, yo, yeah, I like this. It's, it's very nice, cleanly done. But also, like, I I want to ask you, why did you choose your valued? But I sort of can just already start thinking about it, of like, well, how did it make me feel? Or like, if I saw that and I was like, okay, oh, that must be in the ethos somewhere of how you work with people. Like, you're valued. Oh, thank you. Like, everyone likes to hear that they're valued. So, yeah. Why did you choose that? So, I've said this in many different ways because it's all bits of different things that brought it together. Mm-hmm. One of them was that, um, as I'll, I've been saying to you, finding, um, moving from that place of burnout to a place of boldness, one of the techniques I use is meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in my moment of quietness and stillness, I've always thought I'm in this caring profession and I want to do more. So looking for a way that I can reach people and support more. And then I thought, how would people really connect with um, the way I really want to support them? You know, and I remember once in in a job induction. No, it wasn't an induction. It was an away day in the Mm. job, one of my, you know, previous jobs. And they asked us, what are the sort of things we would require the employer to do for us? And I remember that anytime we went on an away day, I would always put, I want to feel valued. Yeah. So for me, feeling valued was a way that my employer can get me to do more for them. 
Okay. Because if I don't feel valued, I wouldn't see why I need to even go the extra mile for you in the mm. in the job. So I would always go an extra mile if I, I feel really valued by my employer or the organization, you know. And therefore I came up with that. I was like, you're valued. If people actually feel that they are valued, why can't we get them to do more? To do more for themselves, more for their family, and more for their organization as well. Because if that person is very rounded at home and everything feels valued, why wouldn't they go to work feeling happy and be more productive, you know, and vice versa. If my employer really um, thinks about me and gives me more or values me more, I go home and I'm a much better person for my family as well. So there's joy at work, there's joy at home, you know. So that's how I was linking it. And then I thought, for me, this is the one that people would actually connect with because we live in a world where some may feel valued, but a lot of other people don't feel valued. Yeah, You know, you feel like you're going to work to make ends meet and just get paid at the end of the month and, and pay bills, but you're not feeling valued. And this is not to talk down on any organization or, or employers, but I think if we did more by getting to know our employees and therefore providing um, support that makes them feel valued, then we can get more out of it. So it's a win-win situation, isn't it? But it just sometimes feels like organizations might just have the tick boxes, you know? So I've got to provide maybe a a mental wellness or mental health support in my organization to tick the box that, yes, it's there for you. But the people using, are they really getting value for money? You know, are they really feeling valued? And um, how how are you, how is the productivity in your job after yeah. that? So you can you can measure it with you've got those measures in place because you're supposed to have them as an organization. But are your people valued? Uh, sorry, are your people feeling? Or is the productivity at work has it increased? Is your organization thriving? If it's not, then it's not really doing its job, is it? It's just there to tick a box but you're yeah. not getting the value for it yeah yeah and as you're saying like when people feel valued when you felt valued you would want you want to do more you want to contribute more you want to work harder but like if you feel like you're just a number on a spreadsheet and your employer doesn't necessarily value you or care for you yeah you're not going to want to work hard for no. them you're not going to want to go the extra mile you're not going to want to come up with ideas on how you can improve the business so even for for i guess business owners that are listening like yeah make sure your employees feel valued because one is going to help better their lives, but then it's also going to better your business too. Like it's, it's, it's all, it's a win-win situation really. Like I don't see any downside in making sure that your people feel valued. Yeah. So organizations that are doing that, I really commend them well done to them because that's the only way forward. Mm. But I think more organizations can do better as well. So yeah, I'm hoping that, your valued raising the awareness and it's not like they don't know, but sometimes we don't know how to go about resolving the problems, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I guess following on from that point then, so what do you think organizations can do to help prevent burnout other than what we've been talking about and making sure they feel valued? Like what else would you recommend for organizations? I think I know if an organization has 
hundreds and thousands of employees, it's quite hard to say what I'm going to say. But I think if we have a culture of making sure that the managers or the leadership team all know how to value their employees or the staff under them by getting to know them. Mm. So, for example, if you went to a job and your manager comes in and says, hi, and perhaps doesn't even know your name, you know, wouldn't that be hurtful? Yeah, that just a little. Working for them and they don't even know your name. Yeah. You know, or they call you, they give you another name because they can't say your name. That would be hurtful, wouldn't it? Mm. So you won't feel value. So it's like the little steps that we're trying to encourage. So this has to do with cultural change as well in organizations. So people in leadership teams or management levels, how do you value or make your the staff that you are managing get to understand or know that they are really important to you, to the organization, and to the work that your organization is trying to achieve, you know? So something basic like that will go a long way, you know, because I go to work and I know that my views matter. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm, I'm contributing to at work really goes a long way. My, my ideas matter, even if it's silly, I'm heard, you know, so little changes like that. And then, of course, there's the big changes of um cost of living is a big one now isn't yeah, it definitely. Um, and people are struggling so if the organization is wealthy how are you looking after your staff that way mm. you know and this is where i try to promote um your valued retreats taking them out on the retreat and empowering them through that because in our retreats we do a lot of education a lot of encouraging a lot of um enabling um and a lot of um what's the other word I use. So I encourage, I enable, I um educate. Yeah. Mm. So that sort of thing. Yeah. What are the retreats like if you don't mind me asking? Like what sort what sort of things do you take people to like and like I don't know what do people say about them afterwards? Oh so the really I mean the feedback has been positive. Mm-hmm. Um I think the sort of like can do better um feedback we had was can there be more of this? <laughs> Can I get that? Is a positive, <laughs> that is a positive, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. like, yeah, we love for me, this so I much. Didn't see I that as you said. So I said, what can I do better when I ask for feedback? So I said, can we have more of it? Like have more time of the mm. events that you are putting out there. So I I have the my five umbrella stuff, like um, having a motivational speaker. So we set off with motivating all of us to be, in that frame of mind, have that head space where, or and mindset where we are all ready, um, and also having the same goal mm-hmm. um, to the reason why we are there, you know, because we are all coming from different walks of life, and yet our goal is to try and find that sort of um, peace, if I can put it that way, um, that sort of moment in our lives where we feel like everything all the noise all the hardship has stopped for that moment you know and we can hear ourselves think we can feel that we we need this love this self-love you know and and this is the sort of thing that your value provides that that space that safe space where we motivate people we have some physical um activities there as well we have coaches and we talk about 
Um, so before we would go on the retreat, there would be work in the background to find out what the common goal is for people yeah. and what where people want to move to from whatever their burnout position or their challenges are to that place of um, boldness that they want to go. And then we sort of design, uh, not sort of, we design the retreats to cater for the common goal that the people going on the retreat want to achieve, you know? Yeah. And then there's occupational um, therapy type of support or coaching where we look at activities sometimes in our lives when when you're growing up and you've enjoyed some type of activities and you grow up and there's all these difficulties with pressures of being an adult and working to make ends meet and then we lose ourselves so it's taking you on that journey back to what you enjoyed as a child mm. let's revisit that and perhaps revisiting those skills so that when life is getting difficult now you can think back to those activities and start doing them again to bring that joy, because if that gave you joy, then the chances are it will still give you joy now. Yeah. You know, so it's just going by going back onto that memory lane and finding those activities. One of our clients um, on a retreat said they really enjoyed cold water, um, sort of like dipping into cold water. Yeah. And when they were growing up, like in their adolescent um, ages, and they had forgotten about that sort of thrill that gave them and so when we had the retreat they said to me I'm going back and I'm going to start doing that again because I remember that it used to give me fresh way of thinking about things you know yeah. because of the, the the whole adrenaline experience yeah of it. it is cold cold exposure also is just good for you too isn't it like I've heard a lot of good things sort of about yeah. doing cold dip exposure so yeah like yeah. You know, whenever I go so I'll try and go sauna in the morning I do a sauna, do a cold, then come out and then go back into the sauna. And yeah, yeah. It, it just helps you feel a lot fresher. So yeah, that was, yeah, yeah that's one thing which I've I've definitely preached to people before. It's like, yeah, what did you do <laughs> as a child Like that you loved? Like yeah. for me, it was like making forts, going outside for walks, playing outside, climbing trees, or like watching movies. So like those are sometimes the things that I try and remember to myself. It's like, yeah, yeah what did I do that brought me joy? Yeah, it was these things. Yeah. And, they, and they still yeah. do. You go back yeah. to them and you're like, yeah, these still bring me joy yeah. now. Yeah, but we forget, don't mm. we? We forget when life gets so busy. So when you have that time away, that retreat time away, and you have that space to think, it all starts coming back, Yeah, you know? And it's not, sometimes we think that we need massive things or spend so much money to, to get ourselves well, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's little changes that we can make in our lives and it, it takes us to that place of boldness. Yeah. Yeah. Even as you were saying earlier that, okay, before you go into bed, like taking a bubble bath, like I'm sure some people loved taking bubble baths when they were younger. So like get yeah. some bath salts, get some candles. Yeah get a book or like listen to something and just sit in a bath, chill, like de-stress, detox, like just, yeah, as you're saying, small things like that, yeah. that doesn't cost you much. The only thing no. it's costing you is your time and maybe three yeah. pounds for the bath salts, yeah. but like. And, and it's time that you need to invest in yourself. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, So I guess sort of for people that are going through burnout or say that their mental uh, wellness is at a poor right now, like how would you say for them 
Like, what can they do to help improve their mental health? Or even just for people that are wanting to keep their mental health in a good space, like, how can you keep it there? So it depends, again, on the individual. Mm -hmm. What are you doing in your life now? And for me, I'll look at if they fit into my five um, ways that I have come up with that I know that works. One of them, two of them, or all five of them can work. So if you're not doing one of them, then try and find a way to incorporate one of them into your daily activities. So this would be like um, interacting with people socially. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there is interaction and there is interaction. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, say you go to work and you say hi to somebody, you have interacted, but is it meaningful? Yeah. So I'm talking about meaningful interaction. Someone you feel connected to that you can really um, engage well with them because that time you are engaging is doing so much in your brain. I don't want to use um, technical terms and stuff for it, but so much goes on in your brain that it makes you alive. Even if you have a, a really fun conversation with a friend, say you, you're on a night out with a friend and the experience was just so amazing because we were talking about really good stuff mm -hmm. and you come back home. The next day, if you think back at it, if you should be looking in the mirror, there will be a smile on your face. Yeah, I noticed that that happened to me um, yesterday. I was talking to someone and the person said something that at that moment, I didn't think it was funny. So the next day I was just lying or reflecting and I thought about the conversation we had and I just started smiling. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was really funny. Why didn't I laugh then? When, you yeah. Know? So it's about having that meaningful conversation with people. Um, and the other thing would be... Um, practicing mindfulness or meditation, which I really, really encourage because so much goes on in our lives. And as much as it's important to connect with people, it's also important to move away from people and reflect and find that in recharge. So mm -hmm. if I can put it that way, like recharging your own batteries, you know, because when you're talking to people and engaging, you're exerting energy. Yeah. You know, so you need that time away to recharge. And that's the time that you're actually reflecting on what, what is happening in your life. What do you want to do differently? So if you're going in the same direction with something and it's not helping, having that time away and looking at it and saying, I've been doing this consistently for say a year, nothing is coming out of it. What can I do differently? And it's in that moment of quietness that ideas do come to you, you know, when you are connecting with people, sometimes ideas come from other people, but it isn't always because when there's so much noise around, it's really hard to pick on the good stuff as well. But when you're quiet and you're with your own thoughts or you're just um, just taking that quiet moment to just chill, mm -hmm. ideas do come. And for me, this is how your value was born because I had moments of my meditation and I'm reflecting and I'm thinking I want to do good I want to give back to society what can I do you know I want to save humanity what can I do to save humanity and then these ideas came to me but it came to me based on my skills as well you see so it's really important to to engage and also disengage but disengage in a meaningful way to help you progress and the other thing I encourage is physical activities is so important. Yeah. Um, no matter what we do in life, if you're not keeping yourself physically active, again, it's like um, 
you're not getting moving well in the body because we weren't created to just sit idle and do nothing. Mm. So you might be in a job where you're not moving around. Create that time. And that time, so you can even do two things at the same time. You're going for walks and having your meditation at that time too. Yeah. You know, so it's being clever with these skills and using them. So as I'm saying it to you now, it's not a massive new idea, but it's how you're actually actively using these ideas to bring about a wellness change in your life. Yeah. And I guess how you're implementing them. Yeah. For, yeah. Like, for me, like I, if, if I like to go to the gym usually in the mornings and I know that like, if I don't go in the morning, I don't usually go in the evening. Cause once I get home, I'm usually tired and I just usually want to chill. So like, for me, I always know gym in the morning is best, but even if I don't go gym, I recently started basketball and that's something in which like, okay, I know, like, I don't necessarily have to go, but I want to go anyway. Like I enjoy going, I enjoy seeing the lads. I enjoy having those connections, but then for me, it's also just fun, but then it's exercise as well. So I'm getting those two boosts of social interactions, yeah. having fun, doing things I loved as a kid, playing sports, but yeah. also exercise too. So there's yeah. many ways in which you can um, put that into your life. Like if you love dancing, like go to yeah. Zumba or like go to a dance class. Like um, there's so many things that you can do that you can figure out because that's exercise fun and you're engaging with people. So yeah. there's there's different ways in which people can take what you're saying and implement yeah. them in your life. Yeah. It doesn't have to be difficult at all. Mm. And, and there are things that we are perhaps doing already, but we are not seeing it as a way of us keeping well, you know? So it's just, knowing that these are wellness skills yeah. uh, and doing it in a way that is quite meaningful to, to us to benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Sita, I've loved this whole conversation that we've had. Um, and I just wanted to ask you one final question, which I usually ask all my guests. I'm tailoring <laughs> it for, because this is a, a, a Movember special for men's mental health. Um, so I wanted to ask, say, if there's a young black boy listening to this conversation, how can something that you know help them with their mental health? Something I know that helps yeah. is speak to someone who cares. For me, it's really important. You know, I've said about having that social connection. So that social connection is important in the sense that it gives you that sort of um, being with people and engaging, having laughs and all that. But it doesn't mean that everyone in that social connection might be someone who really cares about you. Mm. And if you're really going through something deep and you don't feel able to share or you feel like you might be mocked or there might be stigma because people will, oh, he's not well, you know, as much as we are raising awareness, the stigma is still out there, you know. So finding amongst your social connections who is really trustworthy that you can speak to, because we all go through times when it's really um, or should I say dark times in our lives? You know, I wouldn't say there's anyone in the world that doesn't have down moments. You know, mm. we can't all be happy all the time. There are times that we feel low. So when you're feeling those low moments or something dark is really happening, find the person in your life that you feel able to trust and able to speak to, because it's really important to speak to someone who cares, not just anyone someone who really cares yeah 
Yeah, bro. No, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, I hope people have got some good value out of it. Where can people find you? Where can people um, get a hold of your services as well? Um, if I'm starting a new job soon, so if they need any mental health wellness days, I'm going to be like, yo, I know the perfect person. <laughs> great, great. Um, so I'm on Instagram as you are valued. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on um, Facebook as well as you are valued. And on Instagram, um, LinkedIn rather, LinkedIn as you valued, but then people can find me more and watch my masterclass video that I'm sharing to raise awareness and to teach people skills that they need to know to keep well is um, yourvalued.co.uk forward slash discovery. And they can get access to my Calendly there as well and book um, a free consultation with me. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to put all of that into the show notes, into the description. So for those that are listening, if you missed out, I'm going to put those all into the description. So you've got no excuse. You've got no excuse. If you want to reach <laughs> yeah. out. Let's all keep well. It's really important <laughs> that we all keep mentally well. Yeah. Sita, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. I really enjoyed chatting with you as well. Thank you, Tino, for having me. It's been uh, an interesting and really worthwhile chat as well. So thank you for the platform. Yeah. That's no, good. It's good. So that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Sita and I really think that burnout is such a interesting topic that we sort of take for granted sometimes that we maybe don't really tune into ourselves and try and understand how and why we are feeling burnt out especially if you're in caring professions where you're putting a lot of emotional energy into what you're doing daily then you can feel a lot more burnt out so i really liked what we talked about when we said you know your family can't replace you your friends can't replace you the people who care about you can't replace you and when you're feeling stressed and burnt out and you're like i can't take a day off i can't you know go and do this for my mental health then just think about that think about what you are going to be missing out on what your family is going to be missing out on what like your quality of life you know the work will still be there the work is always going to be there but you might not be especially if you're feeling a certain way especially if you're feeling burnt out so take that i hope you guys take that if you take anything from this conversation take that but i really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation please let me know what you thought about it at tino talk 25 tiktok instagram twitter or x now elon but oh well we move but yeah, let me know what you thought of this episode, guys. If you want to find out more about Sita, I'm going to put all her links into the show notes and you heard her at the end as well. Um, so yeah, go and check her out. If you are an employer, you know, if you're your own boss, if you're an entrepreneur and you think, damn, like how can I make sure that my employees are mentally well, then maybe think about hiring her for a retreat. Just saying, just saying she knows the stuff gets good reviews go and check it out i'm gonna put the website into the show notes you can go and check that out too but yeah really thank you guys for listening i really hope you enjoyed this episode gonna be an episode out next week too so please go and engage with that and uh also what was the one thing you did for your mental health today listening to this episode does count by the way so if you've done that you've already done the challenge bro thank you very much guys we'll talk soon